This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. In, in some ways, Larry, I'm already there. I'm already there. One foot's out the door, huh? Yep. No question. I understand. Believe I do. Believe me, I do. I was where you were. <laughs> now, I am dealing with an airport tomorrow, so Uh-oh. that does take a little – it takes it down a notch, but yes, we'll get there eventually. There's no question. No question about it. And, and in, case I, in case I forget, you and the family have a great vacation. Oh, have no fear. Have no fear, Larry. <laughs> two weeks, we'll be oh. – uh, Oh, forget it. Now, when two we come weeks. back – when we come yes. back, mm-hmm. with that school looming uh, over the month of August, yes, uh, there, there's going to have to be a reality check in some people's minds. You know, yes, waking up at eleven o'clock every day. Oh, oh, it's it's. Not, I appreciate September's going to be rough. I appreciate that after yes after the, <laughs> the Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, September's going to be rough. So it people is. are going to have to yeah. have their schedules readjusted. But for yeah. now, we're, it's, a, it's about the now, Larry. Live in the present, that's right? That's right. That's right. And when their schedules get adjusted, Gordon's schedule gets adjusted. Oh, oh boy. It's going to be, it's going to be, as my father used to say, much wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's, oh, it's yeah. going to be a rough adjustment period in September. But yeah. we're still a ways away from it. But it'll be here before you know it. It's you true. know it, Larry. Yeah, Once July absolutely. 4th comes, man, yeah. you blink and it's Labor Day. So Yeah. I'm football. surprised we... I'm surprised, Gordon, we haven't seen the uh, back-to-school commercials yet. You know, the, the books and the clothes. And yeah, that, I'm sure they, they uh, we were at a store the other day, and they did have a section of back-to-school stuff. And my daughter loves the back-to-school stuff, buying the stuff. Yes. The buying of the back-to-school stuff. The implementation of the back-to-school stuff is not such a, not such a treat. But she loves buying the stuff, that's for sure. I was really undone, taken aback. Jeanette and I walked in the store, Gordon, and I saw Halloween decorations. Halloween has become huge now. It's unbelievable. It's all the adults that have Halloween. They, they're all about the Halloween. No, that's big. Uh, my daughter went to, I don't remember what store. Maybe it was Hobby Lobby, and they had Christmas stuff up already. Oh, my God. I would have punched somebody. I would have <laughs> been arrested right on the spot. It's like when you walk into the Home Depot and they have the snow blowers out. Get get lost, you. Go yeah, scratch. Exactly. Go put those back in the back where they belong. <laughs> Please, don't do that. It's 85 degrees and 75% humidity today. Come on. But you know what they're saying. Buy them now because they won't be around later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you need them, they won't be around. That's for sure. Julian, give me some football music, my friend. Every From time to time, when Gordon and I do ESPN New York tonight, Monday through Thursday from 10 to midnight, I have some friends over at Bet Online, and during the football season, we always have these interesting odds that come up. And so, every once in a while, what we do is we love to—I love to throw these at Gordon to get his thought process. So, Gordon, I've got some as we get closer to training camp, okay? Which is for Kansas City, as yeah. Pat Mahomes said on the ESPYS, is next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some for you now. This, uh, folks at Bet Online have created odds for the last undefeated team and the last team to win a game coming up this season. Okay? So, this is the first we're going to start with the last remaining undefeated teams. Okay? Last remaining. Last undefeated. You have to say Kansas City, the defending champions, would have to be very high up there, right? Plus 750, Gordon. 15 to 2 odds. Okay. Are they number one? They are number one. Number one. Okay, and I would think the Eagles would have to be pretty close behind. 
They are tied for third. Okay. Oh, tied for third. All right. Tied for third. Um, uh, I'll go with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They are number two. Eight okay. Uh, they are number I just two. Need, give, give me, give me six. Because I'm not gonna make you. I'm not gonna make you give me the whole league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> give me six. Give me six. So you got three already. Uh the Eagles. Let's see. How about the Niners? Are the Niners on the list? They are tied with Philadelphia. Ten oh, to one wow. odds at That's... number three. So you've given me four teams. Okay, four teams four. so far. Um, I don't really see there being a team in the AFC South being undefeated. Uh, if the Chiefs are high up, that tells you nobody else in the AFC West should be that high up. How about the Buffalo Bills? They are uh, they are fourth. Oh, really? Wow. So Kansas City is fifteen to two. They're number one. Bengals eight to one. Uh-huh. Philadelphia is ten to one. There's another team that's also ten to one, and uh, Buffalo is eleven to one. Hmm, another team that's high up. Well, I would say it would have to be. It would have to be one of the three teams that I'm like, Chargers, Jets, or Dolphins. So I will go with the Chargers. It is none of those three. Really? Wow. I, then I don't know. Who would be the 15? The Ravens? The Ravens are the 15. Oh, they are really? 12 to 1. Yeah, I don't think the Ravens more. are going undefeated. I don't think so. Either. But they're 12 to 1 odds. Uh, you know, many people have a lot more confidence than you, obviously, in the Lamar Jackson to Odell Beckham Jr. combo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. There's one team left of the top. You've named five of the six. There's one left, and I will tell you it is in the NFC. Is it the Cowboys? The Cowboys, in theory, yeah, because they're tied with the Ravens at 12-1. to 1. Okay. But you're but, looking for uh, another team. But I'm looking for a team that's a little higher. They're tied with the Eagles at ten to one. Tied with the Eagles at ten to one. Not the yes. Cowboys. We got the Eagles. Mm-hmm. The Lions. No, the Lions actually are way down. They're twenty-eight. Yeah, to I one. was going to say, like, to be yeah. undefeated. It's, uh, there's nobody in the South that's that good. No. Um. The whole West stinks. Seahawks are not that great. Uh, Is that the NFC. team? The Seahawks. NFC. It's an NFC, NFC team. NFC team. Vikings? No. Vikings are 45 know, to 1. Who would be? The Buccaneers? The, the, is it in the NFC South? No. Okay. So it can't be in the West. It's not the Seahawks. It's not the Rams. It's certainly not the Cardinals. It's the other team you left out. Who is it? Who is it? 49ers. I said the 49ers before. You did? Yeah, I said the 49ers. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. no, I yes. said the 49ers. Yeah. Okay, well, then yeah. that's the other team. Okay, all right. That, all right. I, was, so, I thought I was losing my mind there. For, I was waiting. Oh, Giants? Who the heck is this and, other and team? I did lose mine because I didn't That's hear. okay. That's all so right. Kansas we City. got up very early. Everything can be explained away on that. <laughs> At least this week. Yes. <laughs> Other City. weeks we're on our own, but this week <laughs> right. can we, can play, we can blame somebody else. Yeah. Kansas City 15 to 2, Cincinnati 8-1, Philadelphia 10-1, along with uh, San Francisco 10 to 1 odds, let me say it correctly. Buffalo 11 to 1, uh Baltimore and Dallas 12 to 1. As far as the locals are concerned, Jets 33 to 1 to be one of the last undefeated teams. The New York Giants 50 to 1. The Arizona Cardinals, Gordon, 200 to 1. Well, you bet on them, you're going to make a lot of money. Yeah, you would, you would really cash in that way. Yeah. Well, when you, when you mentioned the team, what was the other thing you mentioned? Like the, the, the last the, remaining winless teams? 
Yeah, uh, I would That's put Arizona up. as the top choice there. Five to one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. They're going to be bad. They are. You're um, right. I could see um, who else is going to be. Rams are going to be bad this year. They are 12 to one. Texans are going to be bad. They are 10 to one. Are those the top three? Uh, no. There's another You've team got in two there. of the top three. Two of the top three. Well, actually, I take that back because they've got three teams that are the same. Mm-hmm. So you do have three of the top. You do have three of the top uh, six. Okay. Because there's a bunch of teams that are tied. Hmm. Bunch of teams that are tied. So you've got Arizona five to one. Oh, how about the ten? Uh, the Titans. The uh, Tennessee Titans are twelve to one. You are correct. Okay. So mm-hmm. that's four out of the top six, right? Mm-hmm. Who else is going to be really bad this year? Uh, the Bears there? The I think the Bears, Bears are going to be better this year. 22 to 1. Yeah. They're just out of the top. Um, By the way, Jets are 25 to 1. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my God. Team. That turns out to be the case. Oh, my God. Could you imagine a season where the Jets are like one of the worst teams? Oh, my. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> oh. We'll be taking lots of phone calls. Oh, my, my God. It would be disastrous. <laughs> Whew. Giants no. are 28 to 1, by the way, tied with the Seattle Seahawks, both 28 to 1. Um, how about the Raiders? The Raiders, uh, 18 to 1, just out of the top six. Okay. Just outside. Uh, the Commanders? The Commanders are right behind the Raiders at 20 to 1. Wow. I don't think they're going to be good. That tells you that tells you a lot about what people think of the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How about very, Carolina? The Panthers? Did I mention them? Eighteen to one. They're just outside. Okay. So, here, so who are the other ones here. that I'm missing? Okay, so we got uh, Arizona's five to one. Uh-huh. Houston's ten to one. Right. Tampa's also ten to one. They're tied with Houston. Oh, Tampa! I didn't think of Tampa. Yep. Indianapolis twelve to one. Rams twelve to one. Titans twelve to one. So those are your. Six teams. Yeah, the, the thing the NF, the the NFL has now is they have like two comp, uh, two divisions mm-hmm. that are really kind of terrible. The AFC South has been terrible for a while, and now because the Vikings are ty- kind of taking a step back, the Packers are taking a step back. That that whole conference is bad. That whole division is bad. Yep. Uh, and the NFC and the NFC South is pretty bad. Like I don't know mm-hmm. who's going to be a good team out of this. The Falcons, Saints, Panthers, or Bucks. I don't think any of those teams are going to be any good. But one of them is going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. Uh, what the interesting one to me here was, um, the Patriots at sixteen to one, last remaining winless team. New yeah, I don't see that. I don't think the Can Patriots will ever Can bottom you out. Imagine that. And there's pressure on Belichick this year. Lots. Uh, uh, Robert Kraft has basically come out and said, "We got to start winning again." Mm-hmm. So that just shows you. Two things are fascinating about that. A you think that you win a Super Bowl, you win two Super all the Super Bowls they've won, and it's still not a blank check. You still right. have to produce. It's still the NFL. And mm-hmm. the other thing is, Belichick is still a good ways away from the most all-time wins. Yeah. I mean, that true. guy's been winning 10, 11, 12 games forever. And uh, he is still a good way. He's still like a year and a half away from having the most all-time wins. Yeah. And I think, I don't remember who it was that brought it up, but... Somebody pointed out he's actually more likely to have the all, all-time losses mm-hmm. get that quicker than on the all-time wins. Gordon Damer, I applaud the Michael K. show 
because they had Joe Dumars on today. Mm-hmm. And Joe Dumars, as you know, now former great player with the uh, Detroit Pistons, two-time NBA champion, uh, formerly a, a front office person to get them a third championship in 2004. He is now executive vice president in the National Basketball Association of Operations. He explains the inexplainable, the in-season tournament. Oh, wonderful. He'll do that next. It's Hardesty and Damon for Grasso on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, you know, with him, it's just about, like, how much are you going to get out of him, right? It's almost mm-hmm. like he's going through spring training now. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, as great as uh, being at Coors Field is to maybe get the Yankee offense going, I guess it's not that great for a pitcher who is still going through spring training. So... Uh, hopefully it gets better from here. Hopefully start striking out some guys, and hopefully the Yankees can get some runs on the board. Yeah, and listen, this course field, you're never out of the game. No. Certainly not Yankee, at 3-2 in the third, right. Even the Yankee offense, you're not out of the game. With hey, I mean, can, can, we, can I just point one thing out? Can sure. we finally put to bed this, this, this mantra that the Yankees have been trying to peddle to you that any Yankee fan with half a brain realizes is not true? That Josh Donaldson <laughs> has this great value, Larry. Because of his glove. His yeah. glove is so elite. Glove, glove, glove. Why is he DHing so much? Mm-hmm. Glove, love. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're losing. I, I, any Yankee fan with two eyes who's watching the games realizes Donaldson's glove is fine at third base. Mm-hmm. It, it's good. It's not, I don't think it's Brooks Robinson, but it's good. It's acceptable. But you know who else is good at third base? DJ LeMayhew. DJ yes. LeMayhew is just as fine a third baseman as Josh Donaldson. And while LeMayhew mm-hmm. has been terrible offensively too, his numbers pretty much are better than Donaldson's. Outside of Donaldson running into a couple of home runs, they're basically the same player at this point. Good yep. glove, no hit. Yep. Speaking of no hit, Mets have one. It was that one hit by that we thought was the home run that Nimmo. got overruled. Nimmo. That was it. That's it. That's been it. They trailed 4 nothing. It's, o- it's only one end. game, and you're not going to make decisions based on one game, but... For this to be the first game out of the All-Star break where you're looking for a spark and looking for some, some sort of signs of life from the team, to have your $43 million ace walk more guys than innings pitched mm-hmm. and to have one hit, one hit in the seventh inning of the game, not exactly a great look. And the two guys who really need to get going for this club offensively as of this moment, Gordon Marte, 333 slugging. McNeil, 325 slugging. Oof. 325, that is. 325, Gordon. Yeah, and they're everyday players. They're in the lineup every single day. Killing them. Killing them. And, And again, to get back to the trade conversation, Maybe you can find somebody to take Marte off your hands, but he is making $20 million next season. Mm-hmm. And then McNeil signed for like four more years. I know. Whew. And listen, I get it. He, he was a batting champion last year. He was a batting champion last year. It's I just, understand you signed him. This year has, has just never fired. It's not good. No. He's not been good this year. It's been tough. I mean, and he is lost. He's he does lost. seem – he seems lost. He looks he, lost at the plate. And he's not a strikeout guy either. No, he's, he's striking not. out a lot. And the thing about him, you can see the pressure. He wears mm-hmm. it. You, it's all over him. You can see it in his face. 
He's wearing that pressure. He's wearing it. Now, I don't know, once again, if it's the same scenario as we talked about earlier, Gordon, where it's I'm trying to show that I, I live this contract, I deserve this contract. I don't, mm. know what, I don't know what it is, but he has, not been, he has not been that guy. And here's the tough thing for Buck. He's batting them behind each other. He's batting Marte <laughs> McNeil behind right. Alonzo. Why am I giving Alonzo anything, Gordon? No, I, I, they shouldn't. Why? They shouldn't, and I don't if think anything, they will. I, I think that in the second half, it's going to be more of the same because, again, I'll, Marte might run into one. He might run into a hot streak. Yeah. McNeil might start to get going at some point. But until they do, I ain't letting Lindor and Alonzo beat me. Not if I can help it. Why would I? Why would I? If anything, I kind of – I mean, Alvarez, he's over for 3 tonight, but at least he's 507 slugging. Could you move him up in the lineup a little bit? Yeah, Absolutely. Right. I mean, I mean, 507. Yeah. And he gives you life. When he does something, the, the yeah. team feeds off that energy. It's like they finally have some sort of a spark. It's true. It's really true. He, he, they love him. Because he, they he, look lifeless right now. And, and, and again, you have one hit. It's, what, what are you going to do? Jump up and yes. down? But <laughs> it's kind of hard to have a whole lot of life when you got one hit. But it's been rough. It really it's been has. a rough watch. Six games under 500 and dropping. And once again, Six games under 500 after winning six of eight. Yeah. Boy, that was that was short-lived, huh? That enthusiasm oh. went right out the window very quickly. You know. And once again, it's a tough Dodger team. You, you yeah, no, it. of you course. Know, but you got it. Can you get but me a couple you, of hits? Can you, can, you, can you put up a fight? That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. You know, I mean, Urias is not exactly Kershaw. <laughs> no, I mean, he's a good pitcher on his day, but you have one hit, one hit. It was one. like you didn't even have any – there was no rallies. Did they even have a walk tonight? They have one hit and one walk. That's it. One hit, one walk, and eight strikeouts. Jeez. Eight and those strikeouts to me are worse than when the Yankees have those nights because the Yankees, they're, they do have some guys who are all power. Mm-hmm. So it, you're going to have to live with the, the, the strikeout games from Stanton at times. Right. The Mets don't really have those guys. No, they don't. You know, they outside don't. of Alon- Al- Alonzo will strike out a bunch, but Jeff McNeil strikes out twice. Lindor strikes out a couple. Yes. Yeah. And Verlander again. Five innings, two hits, three runs, all earned, six strikeouts, six walks. Well, I think the Mets coming into the second half had two questions. What to do and how to do it. Like what? What's the path? Is it is it adding? Is it subtracting? Is it trade? Is it selling or is it buying? I think the first question's been answered. Yeah, you, you kind of knew that anyway, but you were hoping maybe a, a hot t- start to the second half mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks might make you feel differently. So I think you know what the path forward is. The second question still remains: how to do it? What what yeah. are you what are you trying to you know what what are you willing to move and are are you getting anything of value back? For, for yep. Tommy Fan or David Robertson or, or other pieces that you might be able to move. 104 pitches, Gordon, in five innings for Verlander. Yeah, it's... it's six uh, walks and six strikeouts. That's yeah, why. Six, right. That, that'll, that'll work up the, the, the pitch count for sure. Six walks certainly will. Yeah. Six walks in five innings. That's right. Including he, three, he's I actually fortunate it wasn't inning. worse than three it, nothing. It should have been. Right. He only gave up two hits. I know. I know. It could have been. It should have been worse. Mm-hmm. Should have been worse. Uh, like J.D. Martinez just did. 
I moved on to the uh, I moved on to the Yankee game. As well, you should have. <laughs> <laughs> see, Met fans should actually be thanking Apple TV for putting it on Apple TV tonight. This way, you don't have to see it. I don't have Apple TV. Fantastic. Yeah, but we they, still, they we, didn't waste Gary, Keith, and Ron in an Apple TV game. And they did uh, not. trust me, nobody is happier about that right now than Gary, Keith, and Ron. <laughs> I'd have well, to someone think. shaking their heads. Right. It's just like oh, it's thank be a God lot. we don't have to watch this one. It's like, oh, it's going to be a long season. <laughs> it's going to be a long second half. It's going to be a long second half. Uh, we'll do Joe Dumas next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. The New York Yankees and Mets as they come back, this whole Ortani and Juan Soto situation. We'll take a couple more calls there, then we'll turn our attention to what the Giants are doing with Saquon Barkley and Gordon. We had an interesting conversation with Jordan Run-On yesterday morning when we were in for Dave and Rick. That was and yesterday? It feels yeah, like it was a week ago now, Larry, doesn't it? Uh, not it feels to a me. long time ago. Not to me. <laughs> <laughs> not to me. <laughs> I, was, I was sitting around last night because after the show was over yesterday, I took a nap and I wake mm-hmm. up and you know you have lunch and you do this thing. And I was sitting around like 6 o'clock, 6.30. I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, what am I supposed to be doing? What is the show? I'm like, oh, no, I don't have a show. To, oh, we have a, it was almost like I had a week off between the, the show yesterday and having so much time after that and now being on the later show. It's mm-hmm. nice. Well, let me tell you what I did. We'll get to the calls in a second. I was so happy that I didn't have to do the mornings this morning <laughs> that Jeanette and I went and celebrated um, our nephew's wedding. Oh, very Last nice. Night. Congratulations. Uh, Danny and Keisha Dumas got married yesterday, and uh, we celebrated, Gordon. And the last thing, I'm, and all during the celebration, I am enjoying Jeanette. We're having a great time with family. We're wishing the newlyweds great luck and you know, all the great solic- salutations and everything. And the only thing I'm thinking is, thank God I don't have to do it tomorrow morning. <laughs> what would I say at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning yeah. after being here this late? Oh, mm-hmm. man. Once again, now here's the disclaimer. Gordon and I love our jobs. We love Whenever it. Whenever they ask us to get Whenever. up at 6 in the Absolutely. And don't take this the wrong way. Don't take it the wrong way because, Gordon, were, were we not asked if we would do Absolutely. It? We could have said no. We could have said no. I think we could have said no, but no, we could have we said uh, no. Yeah, we could have. But, but we, we didn't, didn't want to. We like, we like we waking love, up early. We, we love, love being, we you know, part of the company there in the morning. Absolutely. Those guys are so enthused by the show, even when we fill in. So it's great. It's absolutely it is. It's fantastic. Great. It's great. The only thing we're saying is, you know. It's early. It's early. And for people who work those hours, you understand. It takes a toll. And as a <laughs> sports fan, you have to be a night owl. Yes, Because that's do. when the games take place. That's exactly. just your natural system is to stay up late. And it's, you know it, if you're a sports fan, you watch the game. And after the game's over, you don't go right to bed. You sit up. Maybe you'll, you'll watch the post-game show. You'll read exactly. something. So you're up until 12, 1 o'clock. So when the alarm goes off at 4, 35 o'clock, it's a, it's a, it's, it's unnerving. <laughs> it is. Like you're, oh, what, what happened? What, what is going on? Yeah, it's a, it'll, it'll, it'll rattle you. That's for sure. It will. It will. Not to mention, as we mentioned earlier, the pressure of you know, just making sure you get up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, last thing you want to see, last thing you want is for Ray to say, to Ray to get on the air and say, well, you know. <laughs> The last thing you want is to look over at your phone and realize John Winthrop is calling you. You don't Uh want the bat phone ringing. Ruh-roh. You don't want the bat phone ringing. No. Not at all. Commissioner Commissioner Winthrop, you don't want that. You don't want that. Say back to the phone. 1-800-919-3776. 
Tommy's in Long Island. We'll try Tommy again on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Tommy? Hi, how you doing? Hey, Tommy. Um, I hung up instead of taking it off speaker. I'm sorry about that. That's all right. These things happen. I want to talk about with the Apple TV, with the Met game on. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't have that, especially after the All-Star break. You would think, like, you know, family members and stuff would want to watch that. They can't get Apple TV. I happen to have it, but uh, through a family member. Uh, what's your opinion on that? And I want to know about the Scherzer injury, something with his neck. Yes. All right, Tommy. Thanks for the phone call. Well, Scherzer has been dealing with some neck stiffness. Uh, he's penciled in for Sunday's start against the the Dodgers. There is an op- there is a possibility he may not, but they'll you know like everybody else, he's day to day. Like there was concern about Tommy Pham and the groin before the All Star break. He's okay. He's in the lineup tonight. So it's it's stiffness. He might pitch. They're they're going to check on it and see what happens. As far as uh, Apple TV is concerned, Tommy, it's all about the money. Gordon, let's pick up where we were yesterday morning. Yeah. (laughs) Out of all the the great wrestling catchphrases, and everybody has their favorite wrestling catchphrase when they were growing up or when they've watched wrestling, there's no catchphrase that has aged better than Tid DiBiase, the million-dollar man. Everyone has got a price. (laughs) And when Apple TV came calling, and I don't even know that they came calling. I think maybe, maybe Major League Baseball went to Apple TV. That, that's all they care about. They want to just keep growing the financial pie. So if it's, uh, if it's four streaming services, if it's five streaming services, whatever they can do to get into your pocket another time, they're going to do. And that's just part of the deal of being a sports fan, unfortunately, in 2023. Do I like it? Of course not. But it is what it is. Before it was Monty Hall. Now it's Wayne Brady. It's let's make a deal. Absolutely. That's what it is. And and you know what? Let me say this as a public service announcement from us here at 9870 ESPN. As Ted DiBiase singing in the Yes. Background. Get to hear him laughing. <laughs> there you go. That's it. With his sidekick, Virgil. <laughs> the Million Dollar Man. Man, and I hate the Million Dollar Man. Oh, is he despicable. He did his job well, didn't he? He did his job well. He got <laughs> under your skin. He had juice, as they say, right? He had heat. He did. He he did his job very well. He did his job very, very well. Uh, my suggestion with the way like uh, baseball games are going and, and not so much Sunday ticket, that might be a little bit more of an investment. But you know what? What a great gift to give dad, Gordon, for Father's Day or the birthday. Mm-hmm. How about how about a subscription to Apple TV so he could watch his games? Yeah. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, the, the Met fans don't like the Apple TV because then they don't get Gary, Keith, and Ron. Yes, so even what, Unfortunately, there's no button you can hit to get Gary, Keith, no. and Ron. So they're Can't not happy even when they get the Apple TV. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at least you can see the game. Just, just turn can. the sound yep. down. Absolutely. Turn the sound down. Listen to Howie. It's okay. Howie's good. Well, they, don't they replay it on SNY after the game is over? I think so if you do. wanted to watch it like the next day, if you're that yes. big a fan and you don't want to pay for Apple TV, because I can't yes. get into people's pockets. I understand. Right. It gets very expensive after it a while. It is. There's no question. It's ridiculous after a while, all these things that you're spending yeah. money on. Absolutely. All these different stupid services. And you have to have this service and that service. As, yeah. as other people have said, eventually they're going to bundle all these services together, Larry, and then we'll have cable. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back where we started. Yeah, and you'll still have to pay separate. Oh, absolutely, yeah. For no. Sunday, for, for mm-hmm. the Sunday ticket, mm-hmm. which will be even more expensive because now they have to recruit the losses 
that cable has gotten the folks back with. So it, it feels like it's a bubble that eventually has to pop, yeah, but it never does. Yeah. It just keeps going up and up yeah. and up. And and here's the thing, and we're responsible for it, us the fans. Enough of us keep buying this stupid stuff. It's true. We're such big fans, and the NFL has convinced you, I think most of all, if you're not buying all this stuff, you're not as good a fan as the next guy. If you're That's not right. buying the jerseys and you're not buying the package and you're not buying this thing and that thing and tickets and that you're not a good fan. Look at the commercials they have. It's always a guy that's all decked out in all the different things. Mm-hmm. So we as fans, you know what? If, if enough of us say, I'm not buying this and I'm not buying that, maybe it would scale back and they'd say, you know, we're not making any money on this, so let's go back to the way it was. That's not gonna happen. I, that's not gonna happen. I, I got, not I got my, will. I got my unrealistic hat on there. Sorry. Not enough people will. No, the thought process is correct. The problem I is, I don't think enough people. Certainly not with the NFL. I mean, th- that ship no. has sailed. No, I, absolutely. That it's ship a, has sailed. That's not changing. But you know what? At other times, there have been other sports that have been big, right? Like if you go back to the 1900s, boxing was the biggest thing in the world, mm-hmm. or horse racing, or or baseball. I would think at some point that it might not be the Goliath that it is, but man, it doesn't seem like it's slowing down. That's for sure. It really doesn't. It really, if anything, it's going to get bigger. <laughs> it just seems getting bigger <laughs> it's and bigger. It's going to get bigger. bigger. It really, it really is. is. It's crazy. Here's another Tommy. He's in Connecticut. He's next on 98.7. What's up, Tommy? Gordo, Larry. So nice to have you almost back in the. It just, just you know, he sounds right having you guys on in the. Evening, I appreciate you know? it. <laughs> um, but so, Gordon. You made the point earlier about uh, Soto over Otani. I, I think you're completely on point because, one, right field and DH is already congested with Judge and Stanton. And, you know, you just signed Judge for an extra nine years. I think Stanton's under contract till 27. So, obviously, left field, or left field is a position of weakness anyways. It, that's the guy you go for. And if you do that, your outfield's set so you can – you can put Jason Dominguez in a trade. You got Trevino at catcher, you know, so you can put Austin Wells. And I, I think that's if you're going to make a, a splash move, that's that's the way you go. Yeah, I, I didn't even mention the DH part of it, but you're absolutely mm. right, Tommy. Thanks, I Tommy. mean, where, where's Stanton going? Uh, Stanton's going to start playing the outfield more regularly at the age of 35, 36, 37. No, he's your DH. You've clogged up that, and that was one of the reasons I didn't like that trade at the time was because you were essentially clogging up your DH spot for a team that's getting older and he kind of needs to rotate that spot more often. So, uh, no, the, the, the Otani part of it, yeah. Would, would you like to have Otani? Of course. He's mm-hmm. a sensational talent. He's a, a sensational player. And it would be fun. We talk about how boring the Yankees are. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to be boring with one of the most, if not the most uh, exciting single player in, in baseball in a very long time. But I just don't think that it fits, especially – before you even get to what all the things you'd have to give up for him. You're right about that. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good evening, Larry. Good evening, GD. Shout out to the company. I definitely wanted to chime in on, you know, the Yankee, the, the Yankee talk because I, I, I know you guys remember this song, but I want it all and I want it now. So if you're telling – I don't believe in this either-or nonsense. Like, you know, I, I, and like you said, I, I, like Yankee fans have been traumatized with, you know, this imaginary 
you know, salary cap that we've been we, we've been going through. And I, I think I, 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 I never thought that, you know, I would be calling people crazy for not wanting a superstar. But like the, the stuff we're making up with Otani is kind of a little ridiculous because I'm just like with the with the values that he brings, he is literally Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole at the same time. And I, I, I would have no problem with him being there because you're talking about a guy. We're talking about a guy that we're going to get another ace and another hitter that's actually going to protect Judge, rather than you know hoping for Harrison Bader to stay healthy or hoping you know Juan Carlos Stanton plays to his back of his card and you know hoping and still for some reason hoping that Donaldson is going to somehow going to crack that you know 200 mark, which he still hasn't done all season. So I just you know I, I, I'm, I'm at that point. I'm just like, hey, I want it all. I want it now. I'm tired of you know, the frustration. I do remember there was a time where we did have almost an all-star in every field. And it wasn't like they were great Hall of Fame players. They were all-stars because of the fact that they put up, you know, productive number productive numbers throughout the 162 games. So hopefully, you know, they, but do I see it happening? I possibly don't see it happening because kind of like what Lonnie said earlier, this is not the same Yankee management system. For some reason, we have operated with the budget, and I it's kind of it's kind of annoyed me. But it is what it is, and you know the reason it, it's annoying to us fans is because we know that the team is worth like seven billion dollars. You're gonna really tell me that they can't be able to make it up in jersey sales and the business ventures like. We do remember when Matsui and, you know, Ichiro were here, and that, that was, you know, brought a whole lot of money into the system. So we'll see. Hope, hope you have a great evening, guys. All right, Jose. Thanks for your thoughts. 1-800-919-3776. Gordon will comment on that, and we'll turn our attention to Saquon Barkley next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> in for greenie today look at that and guys he everywhere in. he's yes, in the he city is. he's out of the city he's everywhere he's all over he has to and he weighed in on uh, what's going on with saquon when you talk to people right now about it that you don't come away overly optimistic that something's going to get done by monday 4 p.m and that's kind of surprising because when you look at this situation and you say well he's their best offensive player has been for years face of the franchise he wants to stay there he has made a home in new jersey he's in the new york market he loves that it's all right there. He wants to be a giant for life. The Giants would love for him to be a giant for life. But there's a financial component to it, namely the guaranteed money, right? That's the big thing in this situation, guaranteed money. $22.2 million, $22. million, I've said, has been the magic number all along. I believe that remains the same, and it does not appear that the Giants have reached that number yet. Now, we once again, Gordon, we had this... Uh, chance to chat with Jordan and the whole question about will he sit out will he not sit out um, I, I just don't see him sitting out I just don't there's too much money you know that he's going to lose it doesn't seem like anybody believes him it doesn't seem like anybody believes the threat that he will sit out if he doesn't get a contract uh, beyond the, the franchise tag that yep. that seems consistent now there's a, a discrepancy because Jordan's talking about people within the industry People within the industry don't seem to think that it's going to get done. People on the outside, the fans, us sports talk show hosts, it feels like ah, at some point they'll come to a deal, right? Yes. But in terms of it seems like people inside the industry, outside the industry, it doesn't seem like anybody believes that he is actually going to sit out. No. And, so if, he, uh, if he's not going to sit out and you're the Giants, 
What do you what's, worry about? The, what's the motivation <laughs> to say, hey, we'll give you a three-year deal when it's clear they don't want to give him a three-year deal? Yeah, no question. He's not getting a three-year deal, Gould. No, There's no, no he's probably, he might not be getting a two-year deal. Yeah, and that would be sad. That would be sad. Jackson, Manhattan. Hey, Jack, you're next on 98.7. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey, Jack. Hey, um, I love you both, and uh, but but a lot of prognosticating going on with like, hey, blah, blah, blah. What would you guys do if you were Mara with Saquon? I think that I would do what a lot of people have suggested would get the deal done. I'd go to Saquon and say, hey, look, last second. I'm not doing it ahead of time, and it's not going to be a negotiation. Two years, whatever the, 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 the franchise tag is for two years, I think it's two years, $22 million. That's the deal. Take it or leave it. Meaning you would guarantee him the 22 and then yep, give a little $22 million guaranteed for two years. Yep. Because which is great because by the way he's not guaranteed a second year right now. Well, no, I mean right now you don't you play on the franchise tag, which is only ten point five for what one I mean. year. Like he, yeah. he could get hurt in week three, yep. and have nothing. So that's very generous, right? Well, look if you if you think of it as a short time proposition, I think the Giants probably do look at that position as a short term thing. Um, they have the hammer of being able to franchise him this year and being able to franchise him next year, and it's really not that expensive. So why don't you, as a goodwill gesture, even though you don't have to do it, but he is someone who wants to be a lifetime lifetime giant. He is a good uh, member of the organization on and off the field. It seems like he is kind of the engine of your offense. Your offense is going to suffer without him. So I would say bite the bullet. You've got him. You need him. Two years, $22 million, That should not break the bank. And uh, that would Thanks, probably Jack. be what the long-term, as much of a long-term proposition as you have anyway for the running back position anyway. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, my guys. What's going on? What's going on, Buddha? All right, listen, um, before I get to that Saquon thing, I just want to say I know I've been very critical you know, some of the things with the Jets and Joe Douglas and moves they made. That move then signing Quentin Williams, that's the best move he's made since he's gotten here. Best player on the team, you know, bar none, depending on what Aaron Rodgers looks like this year. So, very happy about that. That young man deserved that. He's been here through a lot of nonsense and, you know, been steadfast. Just been a good player and a good person. Love him to death. Now, listen, <laughs> if, I'm, if I was to take on Barkley's shoes, I would have to take a real good look at the situation with the Giants. Um, first of all, let me ask you a question. The head coach of the Giants, where did he come from? Buffalo. All right. In the last, let's say, five or six years, what does the Buffalo Bills running game look like? It's not been anything to write home about. Let's put it that way. Josh Allen has been outstanding. <laughs> well, Josh Allen's been excellent. But I, yeah, Josh Allen has been great. There you go. <laughs> so, so, so already off the bat, you have a coach and a league that, quite frankly, doesn't value the running game anymore. It is what it is. You know, we could all you know wish it was the way it was before. It's not. So, in turn, now if you might get a, a decent deal for a year or whatever you guys are saying, then he's not going to get a long stretch. To, to, to make money. So, in turn, they're looking at Daniel Jones as a reclamation project. You know, they gave him, what, a couple-year of deal? They're trying to see, can they force-feed him a little bit more if they get him another receiver? They're not sold on him either. So now Saquon is in that, you know, he's in that tough spot. The league is based around these quarterbacks, and it's based 
when your quarterback is not that dude, that means that, of course, Saquon Barkley has been a lot of the Giants' offense. And in a lot of ways, that's a good bargaining chip, but it's actually an asinine way to look at your career moving forward. They're going to run you like a government mule, and then, you know, when there's nothing left of you, they're going to move on from you, and, you know, you're not going to get another contract somewhere else. You know, Saquon Barkley, and he's a good guy, I love him to death. He's built like Earl Campbell, but he runs like Barry Sanders. So when you carry all that weight and you're putting all of that stress on your joints, you know, when they're going to run you 300 times, there's a strong possibility you're going to miss games again. So I would say to him, if I knew him, you know, if he was a friend of mine and his family, I'd be like, yo, listen, maybe take the one year from these guys, try to keep yourself from getting hurt, you know, and, and play the best you can. But you got to pay yourself. And it's going to cost less. You're going to make less money in the beginning. See, there's a short-term view and there's a long-term view. And I know it's hard for me to talk about anybody else's money or whatever. And the dude wants to get paid and wants to have his money and be right. I can't begrudge anybody for that. But you get on it. When are the Giants going to the Super Bowl? Next year? This year? You don't know that. They don't look like a Super Bowl team to me. I would rather sacrifice a little bit of cash, get on, get with one of these, pair up with one of these teams. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Joe Mixon. Out there in Cincinnati, um, you know, Pat Mahomes, if you go out there, you know you're going to have to take the bargain price, but you're going to get 80 receptions. And or I will find, like, I got to pair with one of these quarterbacks because what you want to do ultimately is have postseason success. You have postseason success, the money's going to come one way or the other. It might not come only through contracts, but it might come through endorsements. You stay here with the Giants. Listen, I like Daniel Jones. You know, he's a good player. You know, I don't think Daniel Jones is winning the Super Bowl with the Giants. So, like I said, they're going to run him into the ground. And what's going to happen is, if it's not next year or the other day, he's going to be closer to 30. And then you're not getting nobody to bite him. So, just take that one year, do what you got to do, ball out. And, you know, try, like I said, try to get on a team that has more quicker Super Bowl aspirations. Because... Saquon's timeline in terms of being a great player and the Giants' timeline of getting where they need to go, they're not parallel. You know, Buddha, it's, it's thanks for the phone call. It's uh, And you're right about Quentin Williams. Um, it sounds good, Gordon, and it's great on paper, but here's the issue. This is the only issue I have with it is this is a guy who's had some injury issues. And he's in the position, and you're right, they're going to use him. They used him last year a lot. And he's a guy, there's no protection for him, Gordon. If he, Because if he, he can run hard and try not to get hurt, and when you try not to get hurt, that's when you get hurt. And if he does get hurt now, Gordon, he's going to make less money next year because he's coming off an injury season. And now you're saying, well, look, he, three of his last, what, four years, he's missed time with injury. So how, you know, then it's going to it's going to hurt his money even less and his guaranteed money even it's going to hurt it even more. Rather, it's going to hurt his ability to make money more. It's going to hurt his guaranteed money more. And then, yeah, you're rolling the dice to see if you can get to a Kansas City. Listen, if you can get to a Kansas City, yeah, you'll take less money because, you know, you got a chance of the ring. Yeah, a little different. Yeah, but I mean, look, there's nobody that pays running backs. There is no, no panacea. There is no Xanadu. There, nobody pays running backs, especially running backs who are going to be, after this year, 27, 28 years old. And if Saquon sa- sacrifices the money now, he's basically just losing the money. There's yeah. no way to recoup the money later on. Now, he could go to a team that has more success. That's true. 
But I'm telling you right now, those teams that are paying their quarterbacks, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, they're certainly not paying running backs. There is no panacea for the running back. Unfortunately for Saquon, it's the same position that Dalvin Cook's in, that Josh Jacobs is in. All the options are bad. So it's just about picking the least dirty shirt, and hopefully it's not the one-year deal, but it very well might be the franchise tag. And unfortunately for him, if he, if he, ta- he, he can take that and it puts him in the best position to make more money next year, Gordon, because he's going to be used. And he's gonna have a, you know, he's gonna have a chance to at least, maybe in a franchise tag or maybe get something just above the franchise tag next year. Because I just, I mean, you said it, running backs. It's how the league looks at running backs right now, and I don't know that it changes in the near future because everybody's changing. been successful. It's not changing. It's a, it's it's more than just a, a short trend. This is this has been going on a decade now. Teams do not pay running backs, and you're right. Do they run them into the ground? Yeah, and then they go and get another running back. They don't pay yeah. the running backs. That that second contract, it's almost like the league has to come up with some way that the running back is able to become a free agent sooner so that maybe they can cash in. I don't even know that that would work because there's such a supply and teams, it's a passing league. There's not that much yeah. demand. Yeah. And what you're saying is if you're paying Saquon, he's going to be more productive and healthier than a younger, cheaper option. And I don't know that that's the case. <laughs> and that's, not, that's why. I mean, it's, a, it's the, it's the problem. But I will also say, Bruder brought up the Bills. They don't value the running back. Well, the only problem with that is they didn't have a great running back in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. The Giants do have a great running back. And one of the criticisms we give about Tibbs is, hey, you're not a great coach because you don't formulate your system around the talent. If Brian Dable is the great coach that a lot of people think he is, mm-hmm. he's got to formulate his offensive system to feature the running back who is by far his most talented player. And he didn't, and he didn't do that in Buffalo because his most talented player was a great quarterback who exactly. happened to run. Exactly. Yeah, Devin and Singletary and Saquon, uh, there, there's not too many similarities outside of the first letter of their last names. Exactly. You know, and, and oh, you so know, Saquon is <laughs> his first name. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Outside I do. of the S, Larry. Yes. I'm I tired. I woke up very early yesterday. I know. And the day before that. Yes. <laughs> right, I did. Disrupted everything. Yes. We'll continue the conversation next on 9870 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, Mets are not losing to the Dodgers, one nothing. Kind of misplays a ball. In the, in I thought the he was outfield. one of the Yankee left fielders out there. <laughs> uh, but here's the bottom line. You know Justin Verlander has walked six guys tonight? Hot night. Not a lot of not a lot of de- and that's what you need. You don't just need the the shutout innings, which have now gone by the wayside. You need the the length to cover up the weakness exactly. of the bullpen. And on a hot night, muggy night, I don't know what it's like at City Field, but I, when I was taking my walk earlier, it was about eighty degrees and eighty percent humidity. So I'm, I'm, yeah. it looks like he's sweating pretty good and facing off against a good Dodger team. Uh, it's uh, it's not ideal. It's not the way you wanted to kick off the second half, that's for sure. And once again, he hasn't given up runs, so that, that, you know it's incumbent upon the Mets offense to help bail him out. Uh, he goes Freddie Freeman thinking he's he's with Atlanta yeah. again when he plays yeah. the Mets. Yeah, I think I'm ahead of you for a change here on the yeah. Apple TV. Mm-hmm. You are a little bit. And um, here's the thing, Gordon. He's like what, almost a hundred pitches, and we're in uh-huh. the fifth inning. Yeah. So guess what? He's not going six. No. He's he's gone four and a third so far, and he's not he's, out of it yet. No, no. And so once again, this has been the issue with he and Scherzer. 
not picking on them, but you know, this is why I've said on these airwaves that right now this is this is what three runs, this is what I expect from both of them every outing now, Gordon. Okay, occasionally they'll surprise me. They'll give up one run, they'll pitch a shutout, they'll flash back to the glory days of the back of their baseball cards. But this is what you should expect from them from now on. Is an average of three runs. If they give up three runs, you should be happy. That's, that's, what, that's how I have and, to look at it. And, and uh, the way the Mets are built, they are not built to have the two guys who are making $86 million give up Ugh. three runs every time out in basically five Ugh. innings. $86 million. Oh, it's a lot oh, of money. Oh, it's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, more issues about Saquon, and I know there might be kind of a difference in the situation, right? I get it. But did you see that Joe Mixon has just restructured his deal to stay with the Bengals? And now he had he had a uh, what is it? He had a nine point according to Shefty. Mixon had a nine point four million dollar non guaranteed base salary for this season and represented a twelve point eight million hit against the salary cap. So he's now um, in a, in essence, Gordon, translation, he's taking the pay cut so he can stay with the team. Nobody pays running backs. You know, it's not it's not like this is a Saquon Barkley issue. This is no. a running back position issue. Uh, it's the same thing that Josh Jacobs is dealing with. Um, Dalvin Cook, the, the initial reports were that he was looking for $10 million a year. Let me tell him he's going to be looking a long time to find it because <laughs> he's not going to find it. So nope. it, nobody pays running back. Because of the salary cap and how easily available running backs are in the later rounds of the draft, everybody and everybody's paying these young quarterbacks now. Mm-hmm. The money has to come from somewhere. Yeah, you can only do so much finagling to to get everything under the salary cap. So the running backs, they're readily available, they're cheap, and it, teams just don't simply pay them. So this is not just a Saquon Barkley situation, and and it goes back to. The original point when he was dressed. This is why you don't take a running back at number two. It doesn't matter how good the running back is. And Saquon's been really good. He's one of the best running backs in the sport. Yeah. But you don't pay them. Versatile. Can catch the ball out of the backfield, Mm -hmm. too. Absolutely. And he's a good dude. He seems like a great guy. He's a great ambassador for the organization. He does everything right. So you hate to see somebody uh, in that position not being rewarded when that's the kind of guy you would ordinarily want to build around, but he's a running back, and teams don't pay running backs. One guy who got paid, <laughs> Quentin Williams, he's rolling right now. He's doing the great – he's doing the – listen, and he deserves the money, Gordon. He deserves what he got. He's played hard. Uh, he's represented the organization well. And to be honest with you, uh, I think for me – one of the turning points for him and for the Jets last year was him complaining on the sidelines about the, the coaches not doing their jobs. You know, him mm-hmm. having joined back and forth with a position coach about, you know, things that should have been done and adjustments that should have been made. That shows he's got passion. That shows he, he, he understands what's, what should be going on. And look, I'm not making a big deal out of it because players and coaches have, have, have argued on the sidelines forever. Look, heck, coaches and coaches argue on the sidelines. You know, so that's not a thing. But just to show you how invested he is and his play has been commensurate with with the talent that he's gotten, and he's improved every year. So they had to get it done. 
but think about this, Gordon. He's the first first round pick to get a second contract, I believe, since Muhammad Wilkerson did it. And Muhammad Wilkerson was a rookie, at, I want to say, 2011. 2012 something hopefully like this one works out a whole lot better than that one did um, yeah yeah but yeah. look he's the guy he's a foundational piece uh, teams pay quarterbacks they pay shutdown corners they pay pass rushers and they pay left tackles yes they and, do and he's one guy who's not just a pass rusher he really makes other guys around him better so uh, that was one that the Jets had to get. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you didn't get that one done. Yeah, that's not good. Oh, my gosh. That would have been a disaster. So, yes, he deserves the money. He got paid the money. He's a building block player, and the Jets have screwed up a lot. And that was the last McCagnan first-round pick, right? That's right, yeah. So right. He, he, he messed up a lot of picks. That one, he got right. He did. You sound like Bill Barnwell. He was on NFL Live, and he said the same thing. That's what he likes about Quinlan Williams. He makes players around him better. And he makes the players around him, those guys who aren't necessarily stars, much better in the process. The on-off splits for Quinnen Williams are staggering. Over the last two seasons, Whoa. when he is on the field, they sack quarterbacks more than 8% of the time. Best yeah. mark in football over the course of a full season. When he's off the field, drops by more than half. They're 31st in the NFL in <laughs> terms of their sack rate. So. We know he has great numbers on his own, but he makes the players around him so much better in terms of getting after the quarterback. We, we know these sort of teams that want to rush for, they need that interior disruptor to get to their highest level, whether it's someone like DeForest Buckner, whether it's someone like Javon Hargrave, and now, of course, Quinnen Williams in New York. Yeah, he's earned the money. There's no question about it. Gordon, now we've discussed the Jets on hard knocks, haven't we? We have, yeah, a couple of times. A couple of times, Aaron Rodgers has spoken. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. And you it's, it's interesting to hear what he has to say. And then we'll bring Bill Barnwell back to hear what he's got to say. And I, I want to hear from Jet fans who want the team on hard knocks. I've heard enough from guys who teams who, fans who don't want them. <laughs> I want to hear from Jet fans who don't mind that the team's on hard knocks. Hard knocks. We'll do that next. It's Hardest Thing in Damien Fagrasso on 98.7 ESPN. Nope. Hard Knocks is what it is. We'll deal with it. We'll By the it. way, Sean yes. Casey, he's the best. He's Did I tell you, Larry, tonight. this guy was going to turn everything around. This guy has just got a knack. Yes. Giancarlo Stanton, a nice little t- two-run ding-dong, and the Yankees already a 2 nothing lead. Look at that. They are in the bottom of the first down in Colorado. Look at that. He's the best. Love this Sean Casey. I always like Sean Casey. He's always, he's always been a favorite of mine, Larry. I've always liked the guy. Mm-hmm. Tell right away he was going to be. He is Dylan Lawson is, uh, is wanted right now. He is a wanted man after being fired because obviously Sean who? Casey is the key to turning this around. And listen, give Cashman credit, okay? How about bringing in the new hitting coach at Coors Field? Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> He is he is uh, operating on a I, I didn't even think about that at the time. Come on. But now that right they're in Colorado, of course. If We're it wasn't better. the A series, this is the next best thing. We're better to get hitters confident mm-hmm. and get into the swing of things than at Coorsville. I don't know. It's a good job. Perfect job. Give Cat that. Cashman knows what he's doing. He's playing. We're all on playing occasion. checkers. He's playing chess right now. <laughs> on occasion, he knows what he's doing. Going right. on occasion, on occasion. Oh, David Peterson's in now. Oh, that makes things better. <laughs>
That's that's it. I didn't that's realize it. Verlander walked the seven, eight, nine guys. Isn't that something? Before bets, I didn't. Isn't realize that something? That. Seven, eight, and nine. And the Mets didn't have anybody getting up in the bullpen at the time. Well, you know, it's Verlander. Yeah. <laughs> He'll get out of it. Okay. He, he is out of it. He's, <laughs> he's out taking of it. a shower right he's, now. He's out. He, he's he's definitely out. out. He is definitely out. And what a difference. Thank you, Snake. Mets 27 and 4, Gordon, when pitchers go at least six innings. I mean, what are the, we're talking about <sighs> trade innings. deadline, trade Gordon, deadlines and all this stuff. What are they going to do next year? Gordon, I'm not talking about seven or eight. I'm talking about six innings. Six innings. Six. What are the Mets going to – this is this is bigger than the trade deadline. It How is. can you have these two guys – you can't rely on them next year. They're going to be, they're gonna they be another be year older next year. It could be worse. They could be worse. Now, of course, you, the, 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 you, to be objective and fair, it could be better. It, it could, could be, be better, years. but it, the trend line of age usually catches up to everybody. Whew, yeah. that's a – that's a big problem. Forty-six, or excuse me, forty-three million dollars a piece. Oh boy, that guy's not my money. It's I'd not your money. For, no, look, I'd be asking for a it's, refund. It's ashtray money to Steve <laughs> Cohen, but in terms of just building the team, oh, gosh, you got to start them if they're healthy. Yes, absolutely. Oof. But but here's what it says, Gordon, and this is what I, I'm, I'm I've said. It says very simply, you got to beef up your offense because you can't you can't rely on them to pitch strongly and to hold teams down the way they did in the past. Can't do it. Nope. You can't do it. You have to go out now. You have to fortify your offense. That's what you have to do. You have to look and say, you know what? We've got th- these guys are not the same guys that we've seen on the back of their baseball card. They're not the same guys. They they don't have the same margin for error. So you got to make adjustments, and the adjustments are it's got to be more of an offensive club. And, and I don't mean home run or bust, Gordon. I mean, and they'll, and they'll never be like that. But, I mean, Gordon, how about Atlanta? Can you emulate somebody in your own division? Yeah, they hit home runs. They do, but they're also contact hitters. They're always winning. You look up every day, the Braves are winning. It's sickening. <laughs> <laughs> they were up four nothing in the first inning. I'm saying it's like they're up seven nothing in the game. Oh, let's all right. Let's start the game. I mean, they they are worse, and and for me as a Met fan, Gordon, they're worse than what you deal with with Tampa. Oh, all right. I they're mean, worse. It's not even close. They're yeah, no, it's worse. more like they're, they're the National League Astros. Yes, but unfortunately, the your Astros are in your division. Yes. Absolutely. That's exactly what they are. And they find ways to get better. And they don't, they don't, they're like the Yankees. They don't retool. I mean, they don't rebuild. They retool. Yep. They just plug and play. Mm-hmm. Oh, Freddie Freeman's gone. Right, give me Olsen. All right. Good. Yeah. We'll just put this guy in here. Be, Olsen be good. in there. Where's Neil Fine? And he's even younger. Yep. We're good. And we love Freddie Freeman. Love him. Love him. It's the business of baseball. Freddie, we love you. Goodbye. Give me Olsen. Because, because, we think that Freddie's not going to – Freddie's good. Great for us. Great locker room guy, clubhouse guy, great. But his age, he's going to regress soon. So let's make sure that we're ahead of that curve. All right, give me Olsen. <laughs> that's a, that, and that's been fantastic for them. 
Yeah, no, I mean, and they're paying him significantly less. They wanted to keep Freddie. He wanted to leave. So, uh, okay, you go ahead. And, and you know what? If they had kept Freeman, they still would have been good. That's right. <laughs> if they didn't get Olsen, they'd still be good. <laughs> they right. can do what, whatever they, they got. They got their things figured out, and uh, they have it locked down. So uh, the, the, the Braves, they are the team in the National League right now for sure. They are the team to beat. They are. They really are. They really, really are. And they continue to be. And they're consistent. They're consistently good. And like you said, in being in the division, it's like, huh, will we ever be able to beat them? Will we ever be able to beat them? It, it, it's frustrating. It feels, it, feel, it, it feels pretty far away right now. It, Considering where far. things were last year at the end, you know, you, 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 you were basically tied at the end of the season for the division. It, it feels like, oof. It's uh, it's pushing a rock up a hill, trying to catch up to the Braves, and we've never recovered. <laughs> you've not, no, you've, you've not, not recovered. recovered. No, you've not recovered from that series, Gordon. You haven't. You really haven't. It's a tough, very one. depressing. Well, I tell you what, we'll cheer ourselves up while you listen to this on ninety-eight-seven ESPN. <laughs> this is the Dan Grosser Show on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. <laughs> some point in time, the Mets had a chance to get him as a DH, I would think. Yep. That was the talk last year at the trade deadline, that that was the name that was most focused on. Gordon, he's got 23 home runs. His slugging is 578. I would yeah. kill for 578 slugging. 578, that would be the best guy in your lineup. In terms from, of slugging. from anywhere. Yeah. Especially the DH. Can you imagine... Yep. Could you imagine what Peter, what Lindor and Alonso would would mm-hmm. would value, the benefits they would reap from a five seventy eight slugging percentage in the lineup behind them? It oh, would be nice. It would be it would be great. It would be great. Again, and it's not like you're you're trying to trade. Well, he can't defend the position. He can't. He's the DH. That's all That's right. he's there to do is just thump. And the Mets needed that thumper at the uh, trade deadline last year, and it resulted in uh, Darren Ruff. Ugh. Daniel will go back. Thanks. <laughs> Get ready to TM high and let them fly at the ESPN New York Tee It Up Golf Challenge presented by Jake's 58 Casino Hotel on Tuesday, July 25th at the Wind Watch Golf and Country Club in Hopog, Long Island, where 60 teams will compete for great prizes and bragging rights. Purchase your twosome today at ESPNNewYorkGolf.com and join Rick DiPietro, Dave Rothenberg, Bart Scott, Alan Hahn, and other special guests. All proceeds benefit the Garden of Dreams Foundation. Individual tickets for cocktails and dinner are also available. It's the ESPN New York Tee It Up Golf Challenge presented by Jake's 58 Casino Hotel and brought to you by Don Julio Tequila, All-American Auto Group, Kettle One Vodka, White Claw Hard Seltzer, Aviation American Gin, Juggernaut Wines, and Sweps Ginger Ale. And Gordon, I am warning the folks at the Windwatch. Oh, you can learn more at ESPNNewYorkGolf.com. I am letting the folks know at Windwatch Golf and Country Club in Hop Hog, mm-hmm. I will be arriving without clubs, so everybody is safe. There you go. Everybody, it's about having a good time, Larry. It's about having a good time. You have, you have already won half the battle right there. <laughs> That's right. I know I will have a good time because I'm not playing. Exactly. But I will be there watching. Why not? That, and that's the way to enjoy it. It is. It's relaxing. It's soothing. Oh, wow, that one went this way. That, wow, this guy can really hit. 
That guy yes. can really play. That guy really stinks. It's, yeah. it's a much uh, more enjoyable experience when you take the golf part out of it. There's no question about it. So I am looking forward to watching, watching, and traveling, and, and watching some of the golfers and talking to folks. And it's going to be it's gonna now. Be who fun. do you think now of the people that are going to be there from the station that we know of? Yes, Barton Hahn, DPH, yes. and Rothenberg. Who do you think is the best golfer in that bunch? I'm going to say Rick. Really? Yeah, I think Rick. I I would I would rate them, um, Rick, mm-hmm. Allen, yeah, Bart, mm-hmm. Rothenberg, yeah, just just and I have no I haven't seen anybody. It, it, we're just going on perception. Just going right? on. We just, have no idea. Dave might just, be an amazing golfer. He might we don't be. know. I think he, he would have brought be. it up at some point if he was. I think so. It would have been it would have been one of the you would have he would have been one of the answers to stump Rothenberg. I would think that it would have been come up in conversation at Absolutely. some point if, it, he if this was some it. hidden talent that he had. There's no question. He would have said, when Rick would have said something, he would have said, well, I'm a better golfer than you. Right. He would have, he would have blurted it out. Mm-hmm. There's no question. Yeah, I, would, would I would flip Rick and Allen. I think Allen okay. would probably be a good golfer. He looks okay. like he could hit it a long way. There's no question. But you know what they say in golf. You hit for show, but you putt for dough? Yes. Yeah. And and I I, I would just... Gut feeling. I think Rick is great at reading reading the greens. Okay. Well, I mean, look, I, you'd have to say Rick it was a professional athlete and a high, uh-huh, very absolutely. high. I mean, it was the number one pick in the draft. He, absolutely. You know, so, and that would have to translate to some point, right? Mm-hmm. You would think. I agree. I agree. And I, and so and I would figure those four. During his playing days, maybe he might have. He likes lots of different sports. I know he likes yes. pickleball. He likes yep. he likes doing things like that. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely, yeah, you, you might be right. Yeah, and I could see you know after a little morning skate, mm-hmm. psh, quick nine holes. Yeah, morning skate nine holes. Boom. Who do you think will have the biggest meltdown of the day? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's either going to be Rothenberg tossing his clubs. In the rough, mm-hmm. or it's going to be Bart Scott kicking somebody's behind. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the two. <laughs> I can see Rick getting frustrated. I, I, I don't. I, you know, I've never seen him play, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I think to get really frustrated, you have to have at least some skill. Like yes. you have an expectation of playing a certain way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just stink, you just stink, and you just yes. you generally just accept it. Maybe you get angry, but right, I agree it's not as bad as if you're a good golfer and you do something yes. wrong. Can you imagine though? You hear the promo for Bart Scott, and then he's your partner. <laughs> I bet Bart one? can hit it a mile though. I bet Bart probably oh, puts I, it absolutely. into orbit. Yeah, absolutely. But then you slice one, and he gives oh, you that yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. You might see Bart's ball when you're playing. You're coming back the other way. He's on five, but you're on six. <laughs> it could be tough. It's gonna be interesting. It'll be it's fun. Be I'm sure they'll have a very fun day, and the people that are showing up, I'm sure you will be entertained. No question about it. Plus, we're good people. We love to talk to you. Yes, absolutely. We love to talk. Now, I don't know how much they're going to talk to you during, <laughs> while you're putting, but you know, walk the walk between holes is going to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, ride the yeah. golf cart. You know, talk talk a little sports and stuff like this. Going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. One of the things that we've been trying to figure out what's going to be fun about it is this NBA in season tournament that they've been talking about, the NBA Cup. So, do, Joe Dumars is that what they're calling it? The NBA the Cup. NBA Cup. The oh, champion. That's, that's you you terrible. can win. The NBA Cup. And, uh, <laughs> well, Gordon, there's time. 
There yeah, will be a sponsor that, attached feels to like this that shortly. Needs to be reworked. From the people There'll who brought you load management, where you can win the NBA Cup, they need to yes. work on, on phrasing at the end. They're NBA. waiting for a sponsor. Yeah, I, I'm The sponsor sure. will be shortly. It, what are the people you. that are on the Yankee jerseys? What are those people doing? What is it? Star? Star insurance? Yeah, no, they spent their money. No. Yeah, they, <laughs> they needed to pull that together. Yeah. We need how much? Yeah, they're good. They've the got visibility. are going up, people. They've got all the visibility they need. And guess what? When Judge gets back, it'll be well invested. Oh, it'll be well invested. Hopefully it happens sometime on my vacation. Please. Well, listen, he was in the batter's box. There's a shot. Yeah, yeah. There's a shot. No question. So Joe Dumars on the Michael K show talked to, says that this, this in-season tournament, they've been talking about this for a while. The guys, Adam and the rest of the guys, they have been kicking this around for years. Adam said to me, the first time it ever came up in the office was 15 years ago. Then the last five or six years, it got even stronger. And then once the pandemic hit and India had the bubble in Orlando, it really picked up steam then because that showed that you can do something different in the NBA. We didn't have to stay on the same model. And so the last year and a half when I've been there, it just picked up steam, steam, steam. And so, Joe, what are the benefits of this tournament? We've been seeing the same thing in the NBA for 75, 76 years. And I look at it as no different than some of the things that football has done, baseball with the clock and changing the size of the bases and all. I think you have to be progressive in sports today. I think you have to keep moving forward. This doesn't mean that everybody's going to sign off on it and buy into it right away. But I do believe it's great for these young teams to give them something to fight for early in the season. Mm. And it's a long season. So this kind of breaks the season up to play in tournaments. Then you have the all-star break and then you go right right into the playoffs, you know, a few weeks after that. And so I think what it does is gives an NBA fan more to look forward to. And what it also does, and he talked about this later in the interview, Gordon, there is, and rightfully so, a concern about how teams are really viewing the regular season. Okay? Because with the addition of the play-in, which has been great, it allows more teams and more cities and more fans to think their team has a shot to get to the postseason. And then, Gordon, what happens? A team like Miami gets all the way to the NBA Finals as a playing team. Now, look, from a talent standpoint, we recognize that they're not a playing team. They're better talent-wise than a playing team. But because of injuries and situations like that, they struggled. But they were able to get, a, get momentum later in the season enough to get to the playoffs and then – you know, listen, you could argue they were a Tyler Hero player away from maybe winning the NBA Finals, although I would say at least giving a better showing. I don't know if they would have been better than Denver because Denver is just so so talented and, and so deep and their size was always an issue. It was a mismatch issue. But really, when you think about what Miami was able to do from the play-in situation, that's amazing. So if you can do that, does the regular season really mean that much? So I think here's another reason for – the NBA trying to put their heads together to come up with something that makes the regular season matter just a little bit more. Well, that's the problem, right? The NBA season is too long, but they're not going to cut it down because uh, it's it's what it has been, and they would probably be taking less money because they have less total games, so they don't want to do that, but they have to figure out something. they got to concoct something to make the regular season feel more important, even if it's not more important. So, look – Fans are suckers, and I'm first and foremost among them. So we all will say, this is stupid, this is silly, this isn't important. But as years go on, and they'll just stick with it long enough, it's not going anywhere, 
will eventually start to get sucked in. Now, it's not going to happen year one, I don't think, for most mm-hmm. fans, or year two or year five. Take a look how long the, the World Baseball Classic. It took a long time. This was the first year where it really felt like the World Baseball Classic was something that kind of crossed over mm-hmm. and made an impact with the casual fan. More Agreed. than just, you know, the, the real diehard fan. This year, now, how many how many times have they done that? Five or six times over mm-hmm. a span of like 20 years? Yeah. So it takes a while, but if you keep trotting it out there, trust me, eventually the fans will will buy into it. Yeah. And once again, it's it's he was also very honest about this load management situation, especially a player from his era. You know, where you played every game. Right. Absolutely. You played every game. I mean every game. Bruised, battered, you played. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. And once again, as he said, you know, here's here's the disclaimer, not I'm paraphrasing him. You know, you don't want anybody to get hurt. You get it. But, you know, it, when you think about it, it's about, you know, it's about playing all 82 games or as many of the 82 as you can if you're healthy. And once again, these play, we're not jumping on this load management because guys are sitting out because they're resting a nagging injury or they're, they're hurt. They're healthy. <laughs> they're just giving the night off. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the league has... And it's not, I don't know necessarily, it's the league. I think it's fans. I think it's media. We put all the importance on the NBA in winning titles, winning Mm -hmm. championships, winning in the playoffs. You can't get knocked out in the first round. So fans see that and are thinking to themselves, well, why am I going to gut my way through an injury when we're playing the Utah Jazz on the third game of a four-game road trip? I'll sit out this game. I'll sit out that game. I want to be as fresh and as ready as I can be come playoff time. So I think that that's where it stems from, not just the nagging injuries, not just uh, more focus on on training and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that that's a big part of it. Now, will this alleviate that? I don't know that it is right away. I mean, I would much re- if you're telling me, hey, um, Jalen Brunson has been banged up, mm-hmm. but he's going to gut it out to play in the midseason NBA Cup. As a Not fan, happening. I'm going to say, no, I don't want him doing right. that. Right. I want him rested up and ready to go come the postseason. So we mm-hmm. all complain about load management. And if you're a ticket buyer, buying tickets months in advance, thinking, yeah, this is the game that LeBron's going to come or mm-hmm. whatever superstar is going to come to my city, and they don't because they're resting and, and sitting out because of load management, it's a problem. But at the end of the day, we all as fans want our teams to do their best in the playoffs and want to be as ready as they can be. And the rest aspect of it is something I don't think it's going away. And that is especially an issue for a fan when West comes to East or East comes to West. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to see it. It's not like somebody you see in your own division two, three times. You, know, you, you only see the West one. LeBron only comes to the Garden once. Mm-hmm. All right, once a season. So, you know, you, if he's on load management, you're kind of upset. As I was last year as a Knicks fan, uh, he did load management against the Nets and played against the Knicks. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> right, sit that game out. How, you know, wh- why did you deprive? Listen, I'm I'm good. You could you could listen. <laughs> the w- Knicks are struggling. I'll I'll take the L. Play against the Nets. I'll be happy. I'll watch it. You don't play against the Knicks. It's okay. I'm I'm good. I'll, I'll deal with that. I'll deal with that. Mm-hmm. But but that's that's where the NBA finds itself right now with the load management and the whole thing with, with guys 
moving themselves around, trying to play with their their friends on another team, having the super teams and stuff like that. And, you know, very quietly, the NBA has made some moves with this, you know, this whole ceiling about the money and how it affects your con- how it affects the salary cap and all this other stuff to try to find a way to make other team make it a little easier for teams to be competitive. And it's yeah. tough. Yeah, it's it's they're trying things. Now, whether or not it's going to have the impact they think. I know that they've talked about it for a while, like uh, Joe Dumar saying they've they've been batting this No, <laughs> I realize they've been talking about it for a while. Yeah. I, I just don't see I don't see why as a fan, I'll be honest with you, maybe it's my Mm -hmm. age, maybe the younger fan, they'll buy it. And maybe that's who they're selling it to because they're going to be selling it to that, you know, the 15-year-old, they're going to be selling it to them till you know for 35 years. Whereas Mm -hmm. for me, I don't have that many. (laughs) I might not have that many years left. So uh, maybe it's more for the young fan to sell them on something that has some, that that they can buy a, a level of importance that doesn't exist now. And uh, the young fan, but I'll be honest, if the Knicks win the NBA Cup, that that's not going to, I almost feel like that's going to be a meme. Like, oh yeah, sure, the Knicks win an NBA yeah. Cup, but when's the NBA title coming? So, but, yeah, uh, no time soon. It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't though. feel that way. Not, not unless they, they make some big time moves. And, you know, and that was the other inter- interesting thing, Gordon, that Dumar has indicated that when he put the team together that won in 04, and things have changed since 04, there's no question. But when he put the team together in 04, it wasn't about, it's a great point he made, it wasn't about getting how many superstars because every superstar is not a clutch superstar. Mm-hmm. He went out to find clutch players who were stars who could perform in the clutch that he witnessed, that he saw with his eyes. Hey, these guys, if this is the moment, this moment's not going to be too big for them. They're going to want the basketball. And how often do we do we not look at that, right? How we look at, wow, this guy's great. Look at the name. Look how great he is. But then in the postseason, they're not the same player. And we see that in a lot of sports, Gordon. Great players don't always perform big in great moments. Yeah, and the Knicks have one of those guys. He, they might have the team captain of the guys who are good in the regular season and not so much in the playoffs. <laughs> It's a problem. You're right about that. Yeah. It is. It is. And they got to figure out a way to get around it or to support him. So he's not relied on to be that guy because he's not that guy. That much we know. How, how, we, how we fix the problem, I don't know. But the first way is to recognize there is a problem, which absolutely I think there is. We'll come back and wrap up this edition of the Dan Grosser Show next on 98.7 ESPN.